All right, my friends, thanks for tuning into the podcast, where, as always, we'll discuss the professional literature and the evidence-based protocol as they relate to the effective treatment of clinically significant anxiety symptoms. I'm Chris Lines, licensed psychotherapist and OCD spectrum disorders treatment specialist, and this, well, this is OCD Straight Talk. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, or ERP therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit nocd.com. That's nocd.com to book a free 15-minute call. For people in the state of Kentucky, you can go to kentuckyocd.com. That's K-E-N-T-U-C-K-Y-O-C-D.com and book a session with me. Like you think that the, the diagnostic criteria is so broad that it doesn't it doesn't really exclude a lot. Like if all we're talking about is a mental health condition wherein an individual is presenting with like ongoing and unwanted thoughts, images, or urges, or recurrent and ritualistic behaviors that feel excessive or unreasonable to the patient and that present to the assessing clinician as of clinical significance, I mean, you can really fit nearly any common mental health condition into that diagnostic definition. Like, what the hell does that mean? Another way of asking the same question is, what does that not mean? It doesn't tell you anything because OCD can look like virtually anything. I mean, Individuals who are meeting criteria for OCD sometimes have panic attacks. Individuals who are meeting criteria for OCD sometimes experience high levels of distress in social situations. Individuals with OCD are afraid of specific things. You know what I'm saying? Individuals with OCD sometimes will recurrently pull their hair or pick their skin. You know, it's like, okay, so if if the diagnostic criteria for OCD is the the presence or the experience of obsessions meaning unwanted and recurrent thoughts images or urges that may or may not be anxiety producing or the engagement of repetitive and ritualistic behaviors that feel excessive or unreasonable to the individual whatever the hell that means and that are identified by the assessing clinician as Uh, clinically significant, which really just means that the symptoms uh, at large are occupying about an hour uh, of mental energy on a daily basis on average, or significantly affecting the individual's routine. And again, what does that really mean? If that's the diagnostic criteria, then, and it is, you can drive three semis side by side by side through that definition and still have room at the end. You know, it's like, it's it's such a broad definition that it doesn't actually exclude and therefore necessarily, you might say, include anything in particular. So what the hell is OCD? 
I've sort of like formulated this definition of what I think OCD is. I've, I've worked, you know, many hundreds of cases across almost a decade of time and sat with many OCDers and many anxiety sufferers in general. And, and I've walked away with this sort of sense that, well, this is what I think OCD is. And here's so here's my definition. It's a highly anxious awareness of a possible outcome, but whose probability is low and a repetitive behavior or set of behaviors that sometimes manages to reduce anxiety, but always fails to affect probability. So to my mind, what's unique about the definition is it highlights something that I think is specific and somewhat exclusive to OCD. So when you're reading between the lines, the definition includes three pieces or aspects. The first is going to be low probability. Uh, the second is that elicits high levels of anxiety. And then the third is somewhat repetitive behaviors that are aimed at managing distress level, but always fail to effectively reduce possibility. So in other words, possibility at the end of this symptomatologic dynamic is always still there. It's the possibility that the OCD identifies as so highly distressing. It's the possibility that the OCD is really trying to eradicate. She does a somewhat effective job, I guess, of managing her anxiety. But all the while, she remains painfully aware that the possibility remains. And here, possibility is a synonym for the term uncertainty. So in other words, what's what's unique about OCD among the other common mental health conditions is sort of an, a, a dreadful awareness and maybe a dreadful fear of uncertainty and this ongoing, if I can say, obsessional attempt or urge not just to manage or to reduce uncertainty, but to eradicate it if possible altogether. But then that goes back to that concept that we discussed in the previous episode that like, the, the greater our awareness of uncertainty, sort of correspondingly, the more we're willing to do to try and tackle that problem, right? But then the more like energy and time we allocate in attempt to manage or hopefully get rid of the uncertainty, the more we become aware, the ever more and more we become aware that the uncertainty, that dreadful uncertainty is still there. It's still there. And so then you're kind of back to the beginning of this idea that I have this ever-growing awareness of uncertainty, right? And I'm obsessed with the uncertainty. I've got to get rid of the uncertainty. And it never goes away. You know, it never seems to tire. And the truth of it is, uncertainty never gives up. It's a phenomenon in reality that never, ever seems to falter. It never seems even to be reduced. Maybe sometimes we can move it around a bit from here to there to whatever extent we can, but we can never really change the possibility. And maybe, maybe you argue, well, you can change the probability. In other words, you can change the likelihood. And as I've said, I think that that's a mirage of an argument. Like, sure, I guess maybe that's possible in theory, but you can't measure likelihood. There's no way that you can say, well, it's, it's dropped a point or it's dropped a couple of points. You can make the argument in logic that you've reduced the likelihood, but then again, you can't measure the extent to which you have actually reduced the likelihood, and therefore, you don't know that you objectively have done so. You're just thinking that it's less likely now, again, however much less likely it might be, but at the end of all of that sort of ritualistic bullshit is the truth that 
it could still happen. Like it could still happen just like it could have still happened before I started all this ritualizing and, and, and compulsing. It's like, dude, you know, it could still happen even now. It's always still there. And the more you scratch the bite, the more it itches. The more you throw the food across the table so the dog will quit begging, the more the dog comes back and begs some more and barks and drools and scratches so that you'll give it more and more food. The dynamic just goes round and round. The more you pay attention to the uncertainty and try to appease it, the greater your awareness that is still there. And I think that like with something like generalized anxiety disorder, with something like panic disorder, uh, certainly with something like trichotillomania, excoriation disorder, with something like major depressive episodes and so on, I don't think you're dealing so much with this dreadful awareness of uncertainty. And it's like when you get to the end of that logic and you recognize, okay, this is what OCD is. OCD can uh, topically look like anything, whether we're talking about sexual fears or we're talking about cleanliness or germ-related fears or we're talking about symmetry or we're talking about the possibility of harming ourselves or somebody else or we're talking about health or we're talking about like social embarrassment and humiliation or whatever it is that we're talking about. Again, topically, OCD can look like lots and lots and lots of different things. What's unique about OCD is this like obsessional distress relative to the ongoing urge to manage uncertainty. And the more you ride that train and strive toward effective management, the more you become aware that the uncertainty has not changed and it's still there haunting you, staring you in the face, looming in the distance, waiting for its chance. And it's like I've said to you, your most effective strategy is to focus on the repetitive behavior that sometimes somewhat succeeds in managing the anxiety, but always fails to manage probability. It's then it's there that the cycle starts to move in the other direction. The more you're able to just sit with and tolerate probability, likelihood, it's possible at the expense of the ritualistic behaviors, the more you're able to just allow the anxiety to be present and allow the intrusive thoughts reflective of a possible outcome to echo in the chambers of your mind, but without doing something to try and prevent or manage them, the more you'll be able to tolerate the unknown, the uncertainty, the more you'll become slowly okay with the possibility that the feared outcome is at some point going to happen to you. Now, what's it going to look like when and if it does? Well, now you're into more uncertainty. I don't know how bad it'll be. I don't know the extent to which I'll be able to handle it, how much support I'll have, uh, how high my anxiety will actually be, the extent to which it will affect my life. If it happens at all, I don't know what it'll look like. There's too many variables to assess and to bear in mind. I don't know what it'll look like, but this much I can say as I'm working to reverse this cycle, stopping compulsions becomes the way that I actually can tolerate the uncertainty. Well, that's it for another episode of OCD Straight Talk. Feel free to reach out with any questions you might have to chrislines04 at gmail.com. If you found the podcast helpful, consider giving it a five-star rating or subscribing to OCD Straight Talk for structured help 
with your anxiety or OCD symptoms. Thank you.